0: A roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of Global Business on CGTN. I'm Linelu in Beijing. Here's coming what's coming up in today's program. Vibrant bonds as China and Tunisia celebrate 60 years of diplomatic relations. We we'll take a closer look at the economic cooperation between the two sides over the years. Global Focus, the upcoming World Economic Forum 2024 Annual Meetings are set to shed light on the underlying principles that foster trust. It is scheduled to start on January 15th in Davos, Hostos, Switzerland. In Cutting Edge Showcase, we check out the latest from the ongoing CES 2024 in Las Vegas as companies showcase latest innovations in consumer electronics at the world's largest tech event. Today, China and Tunisia are marking 60 years of diplomatic relations. Chinese President Xi Jinping and Tunisian President Kai Said have exchanged congratulations. President Xi says he attaches great importance to the development of the bilateral relations and is willing to push for new and greater development of cooperation. President Said has expressed his country's willingness to work with China and elevate relations. The development of the friendly relations has been stable since 1964, and cooperation has been enhanced in recent years. Tunisia joined the China-proposed Belt and Road Initiative in 2018, and in 2022, the two presidents met at the China-Arab State Summit in Riyadh, where they pledged to deepen cooperation. We'll have a lot more on this later on in the program. But for now, uh, let's take a look at some other stories. China and Tunisia have maintained exchanges in economic and trade cooperation since establishing diplomatic ties. And according to data released by the Ministry of Commerce, bilateral trade reached 1.16 billion U.S. dollars in the first half of 2023. That is up 1.7 percent on a yearly basis. China's exports to Tunisia totaled over 1 billion U.S. dollars, up 2.1 percent on a yearly basis. And as of the end of 2022, China's direct investment in Tunisia stood at $26 million. And the two sides have also maintained cooperation in health, education, culture and agriculture. For more discussions on China Tunisia Economic Cooperation, let's bring in Zhang Yongpong, a senior research fellow at the Institute of West Asia and African Studies of the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. Great to have you on the show, Mr. Zhang. So, Tunisia lies on the north coast of Africa. It has access to both the European and African markets. And geographically, it is very close to some vital shipping routes. So, what role do you think can its cooperation with China play? To to help to assist Tunisia's economic development.
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, Tunisia is uh, located in the uh, northern most of the parts of the African continent, and process possesses in triple uh, tributes as an Afri- uh, African Arab and a Mediterranean country. And China has been uh, an important economic trade and investment partner uh, for Tunisia. And uh, Tunisia, and we know that. Uh, uh, very good uh, uh, foundation is that it has uh, a rich uh, ancient culture but also dependent uh, oil and mineral resources, and with the also a solid manufacturing foundation. And uh, the tourism also uh, industries is also well developed. And all of these factors um, could serve as the crucial foundations for cooperation between the two countries. And China's complete industrial uh, system can uh, help provide uh, technical support and share its uh, experience in industrial development and thus can assist Indonesia in achieving uh, industrialization. And furthermore, uh, I think in the agricultural sector, uh, the two countries could have a uh, great potential to cooper- cooperate with each other and especially in the uh, developing of the desert areas, in the industry, uh, respect, respect, China also has a very good uh, technologies, and especially have some uh, new and high-tech uh, project has been implemented in China, and uh, Tunisia government had uh, formulated the development plan for uh, 2023 to uh, 24, which aims to attract uh, also investment create jobs and control the uh, trade deficits and the boost uh, economic growth. And I think in, in respect to uh, uh, leveraging the advantages and, uh, uh, of the geographical location, and Tunisia could serve as a vital bridge uh, connecting Europe, Africa and Asia in terms of uh, industries, technology exchange. And uh, product sales, especially, um, become an important uh, link for cooperation between China and Arab countries, uh, African countries as well. Uh, and, uh, and especially under the framework of uh, China-Africa cooperation, the FOCAC and the Belt Road Initiative. Uh, yeah. China. The two yeah. countries could have uh, more.
1: Mr. Trump, speaking of the uh, the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, when Tunisia joined this initiative in, back in 2018, and now China's imports to Tunisia uh, currently ranks about third behind those from France and Italy. So, under the BRI framework, uh, what have been the areas of focus of China-Tunisia economic cooperation?
2: Uh, China and Tunisia have maintained exchanges and cooperation in such uh, uh, fields as economic, trade, and the military affairs, and the political uh, parties, and the culture, education, and such and such health, and we know and also in agricultural sectors. And uh, in 2020, the total uh, trade volume also uh, has been on the growth. And so uh, uh, the two countries signed the Memorandum of uh, Understanding uh, to jointly build the Belt and Road Initiative. And uh, now, uh, comparatively, uh, the Chinese uh, enterprises in in uh, Tunisia is not uh, so many. Uh, so that also means that uh, uh, there could be a great pre- potential uh, to increase, to uh, promote the development in, in this re- sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in the uh, in future, uh, for example, in the engineering contracts, and especially the new en- energy uh, sector, for example, the solar and the wind uh, energy, uh, the two countries could, could uh, develop their uh, cooperation.
1: Great insights. Thank you very much. That's Mr. Zhang Yongpeng from the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. It's been 45 years since the China, U.S. U.S. and China established four diplomatic relations, a milestone that's shaped the course of both countries to this day. And the anniversary is being marked by various events in the U.S., including those in Atlanta, Georgia. CDT's Hendrik Sybridi has more.
3: We're at the Carter Center in Atlanta named for US President Jimmy Carter, who together with Chinese Vice Premier Deng Xiaoping played such an instrumental role in normalizing relations between the US and China beginning on January 1, 1979. That date and this 45 year anniversary is being marked by a conference that's examining the state of relations between the two countries. It's been, safe to say, an eventful 45 years. One of President Carter's greatest legacies, his center says, is more than four decades of peace and prosperity in East Asia. But the relationship between the U.S. and China has not always been smooth or easy. There's been real tension between the two countries over the past few years. This forum comes at a time when the relationship appears to be back on the upswing. Still, there's lots in the diplomatic, military, and economic realm to discuss. China's ambassador to the U.S. and the U.S. ambassador to China, both speaking remotely to attendees, acknowledge the common interests and major differences that exist between their countries. They said open dialogue is very important.
0: Taking stock of the past 45 years, we believe that the most important inspiration is that China and the United States stand to gain from cooperation and lose from confrontation. And working together is our only correct choice. The broadest consensus is that we should make the China-U.S. relationship work and not mess it up. We pay tribute to President Carter today for that monumental achievement. We look back on it 45 years later to assess that it was correct in every way. President Carter's stewardship of that relationship in the very beginning was critical through the ensuing decades, through some of the better times and some of the worst times. Looking back, we can take some inspiration for what we have to do now.
3: As China's ambassador said, give and take between the two sides is critically important. And there's plenty of that here involving both U.S. and Chinese experts who are talking about a host of different topics, including the history of U.S.-China relations, political and military security, trade, technology, and climate. Just as President Carter, who convened the first Carter Forum on U.S.-China relations back in 2012, would have it. And CGTN, Atlanta.
1: Data from the General Administration of Customs shows that in the first 11 months of 2023, ASEAN remained China's largest trading partner. Trade between the two sides accounts for over 15% of China's total foreign trade value, and specifically trade in agricultural products surged over 7% in the first half of last year. Several business owners in the sector said they are optimistic about future cooperation prospects.
2: Before the
4: pandemic in 2019, our main focus was on exports, and after pandemic restrictions were lifted in China, we had very large orders from ASEAN countries, especially Thailand and Vietnam. There is also a lot of policy support from China, such as 100% tax refunds when
5: exporting to these countries.
1: Although we are a changing company, we are providing assistance to the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. We have deep processed those local agricultural products and sales in ASEAN countries are surging. I hope to bring the best agricultural products from Xinjiang, such as dates, walnuts and raisins, to more and more ASEAN countries in the future.
3: Our prawn crackers and prawns are very
0: popular in Thailand. In the past two years, as COVID restrictions being loosened, we often travel to Thailand and talked with local companies.
1: Between Vietnam and uh, China, uh, we have uh, a very huge opportunity to collaborate because uh, the distance between the two countries is very close. And uh, uh, the the culture, the the taste uh, of the people between Chinese uh, and Vietnamese is very um, similar. And still to come here on Global Business. The upcoming World Economic Forum 2024 Annual Meetings are set to shed light on the underlying principles that foster trust. Scheduled for January 15th, the event will take place in Davos, Clusters, Switzerland.
3: Every January, global leaders from the realms of policy, business and civil society gather in the ski town of Davos to discuss the state of the world. The World Economic Forum 2024 is placing its focus on rebuilding trust. CGTN will be on the ground in Davos, reporting the latest insights and perspectives and ensuring that China's voice is also heard. Stay tuned for this exclusive coverage, the World Economic Forum 2024, only on CGTN.
1: Let's now turn to the 2024 World Economic Forum, which will kick off next week on January 15th at Davos Clusters, Switzerland. With the theme this year of rebuilding trust, the World Economic Forum Annual Meetings 2024 will bring together more than 2,800 leaders from around the world and across industries to advance dialogue, strengthen cooperation and deepen partnerships on critical global challenges. Bringing together over 300 public figures, including more than 60 heads of state and government and over 200 cabinet ministers, the annual meeting also plays an important role as a platform for diplomacy and cooperation. More than 1,600 business leaders will engage throughout the program. WEF representatives released the main agenda for the forum on Tuesday.
2: The most pressing challenges that we are faced
3: with globally are transboundary. They travel without a passport on a change being uh, future pandemics,
2: uh, cyber attacks. The only way to deal with this is that uh, countries, nations and business collaborate. And even in this fractured world, there are opportunities to come together and find common solutions. We've seen that on climate, we've seen it uh, on health. And partly also on trade and economy in the
1: past. And ahead of the World Economic Forum meetings, CGTN's Guanqing spoke to Chen Liming, chair of Greater China at the World Economic Forum, for his insights and perspectives. Take a listen. So, given the current global environment of uncertainty and division, how does the WEF plan to promote a spirit of trust? among the diverse array of leaders convening at the Davos 2024.
4: To rebuild the trust uh, is becoming very essential because the trust is the fundamental Mm -hmm. of collaborations, dialogue and collaborations. The annual meeting of the 54th World Economic Forum meeting that will convene in January 15 to January 19 Mm -hmm. will attract about 2,800 participants from 120 countries, mm-hmm. among which there will be about 380 public figures. Mm-hmm. There will be 1,600 business participants. Now we also have young you know, global leaders, we will also have you know, say academic you know, participants that will join together mm-hmm. and to think you know what is the way of, of the future? You know, for for the for the for the world. You know we you know, as a, a as an international organization, we maintain our neutrality and impartiality. Mm-hmm. That helps you know for all the participants from from all the world mm-hmm. to come together mm-hmm. to think about you know so what are the solutions of the future for the world.
1: How does the WEF ensure that the different voices can be represented and integrated into the dialogues at the Davos?
4: Indeed, with such a large pool of participants from so many different countries, from so many parts of the societies, that will, you know, have many voices to, to, to... to surface mm-hmm. and so that Even people have, you, know, you you can you, you can have a debate you can have a dialogue mm-hmm. and then you you can have you know, let a let a good idea to shine so to say mm-hmm. so therefore therefore that this is uh, you know, something very very critical that you provide a platform where people can express mm-hmm. their opinions i think there are there are enough wisdom among all the participants mm-hmm. to identify out you know what are the things you know that's politically correct? What are the things that are indeed correct? So this is you know something I think see, the participant you know see they will figure out.
1: Global GDP growth is projected to reach its slowest pace in 30 years by the end of 2024, that is according to the World Bank's latest Global Economic Prospects report. The half-decade period is also expected to record disappointing growth rates, marking a significant slowdown in global economic performance. The World Bank anticipates that global GDP growth will only reach 2.4% in 2024, while the robust US economy has reduced the risk of a recession, escalating geopolitical tensions post near-term threats. Additionally, the medium-term outlook has dimmed for many developing economies due to factors like slowing growth, sluggish global trade and tight financial conditions. Developing economies, especially those with poor credit ratings, are expected to face high borrowing costs as global interest rates remain at four-decade highs in inflation-adjusted terms. However, the World Bank suggests that accelerating investment in clean energy and climate adaptation could enhance growth, particularly in emerging markets. Studio Calm on the Program year 2023 has been officially confirmed as the hottest year on record, primarily due to human caused climate change that is according to scientists at the EU's Climate Monitoring Service.
5: The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business, only on CGTN.
1: Year 2023 has been confirmed as the hottest year on record. Scientists at the EU's Climate Monitoring Service says that the Earth was 1.48 degrees Celsius hotter in 2023 compared with the period before the mass burning of fossil fuels ignited the climate crisis. The figure is very close to the 1.5 degree temperature target set by countries in Paris in 2015. And though the global temperature would need to be consistently above the 1.5 degrees for the target to be considered broken scientists say that the mark will likely be passed for the first time in the next 12 months rising temperatures have been driven by human caused climate change and boosted by the natural El Nino weather event leading to heat waves floods and wildfires across the world extreme weather events such as El Nino will have a long-term impact on the global economy and commodities markets According to the World Bank, the commodity price index is expected to fall 4% this year following the 24% plunge in 2023. El Nino will have a negative impact on the production of sugar, palm oil, natural rubber, and corn, further pushing up prices of these crops. The organization also warns that extreme weather events will have a more severe impact on coastal countries in the global south. So far, Australia has been suffering from floods while agriculture and mining activities in Latin America countries have been adversely affected. Now, let's get more insights into the far-reaching implications of the European Commission's report on global climate change. We're joined by Shen Yi Yang, Director of the Inclusive Development Research Center. Mr. Shen, great to have you on the show, as always. So just yesterday, we got the uh, Copernicus report uh, that illustrates 2023 as the hottest year on record. What were the uh, key takeaways from that report?
5: Uh, Well, I think the the major point is that, you know, in uh, uh, 2023, uh, the, from all the aspects, the global temperature is, is rising uh, dramatically and there's a very clear trend. Uh, I think uh, the, uh, the global, you know, uh, uh, temperature is, will be keep, you know, uh, keep rising. So uh, from uh, from June to December, almost every month, you know, if we take a look at the historical record, uh, we will see this trend. And also, uh, that means, you know, if the sea surface temperature, sea surface, you know, salinity keep changing, then the opportunity of uh, La Nina or El Nino, this kind of extreme weather situation will be also, you know, appears so uh, this uh, you know make us worry about uh, you know this year 2024
1: so tell me mr Shun, what do you think are the main economic impact of this global climate change in 2023
5: well uh, we have seen that in the past two years there's a lot of you know extreme weathers cause a lot of damage in the in the whole world Uh, like north North africa like uh, pakistan or even bangladesh you know i think uh, you know uh, there we we should be you know very manned uh, such kind of extreme weather and uh, extreme you know uh, condition can happen again so we just heard that the world bank report saying that the global economy is uh, it's uh, somehow going down and that also means the global buying power in these southern countries can be also you know uh, you know uh, be, should be worried uh, in this case uh, i think uh, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of uh, food shortage or even, you know, uh, drought, flood. You know, this is uh, something we need to be pre- well prepared.
1: A good point made. Thank you very much, Mr. Shen Yi Yang, Director of the Inclusive Development Research Center for us. The world's largest personal tech show, Consumer Electronics Show, has commenced in Las Vegas. The highly anticipated event has attracted tech enthusiasts from over 150 countries and territories. Our correspondent Mark New joins us from the show floor to provide us with highlights and updates from the grand
0: event. CES returns in full force. In the wake of a COVID pandemic that drastically cut attendance, this year the show anticipates hitting 130,000 attendees, close to some of its peak years. Crowds are marveling at newly unveiled products like this transparent LG TV that allows you to see the picture and the real world behind it. Attendees also get a look at the future, as Hyundai showed off a prototype of its massive fully electric autonomous excavator. Along the sidelines of CES, tech events like Pepcom are packed with companies, many of them focused on health and wellness. Zep began in Hefei, China, and now has a presence in more than 90 countries. The company is launching the Zep Clarity Pixie, a hearing aid that fits discreetly in the ear with 17 hours of battery life. It's also unveiling the Amazfit Helio ring that's designed for athletes.
1: When the user wears this ring, um, it first is closer to the skin, and it has several sensors and within the sensors we've got what we call a bio tracker sensor that is able to read and analyze your basically your blood and oxygen level it also has another sensor that is able to gauge your performance level so this is the all-in-one if you like smart ring that was designed with the athlete in mind
0: at CES, you'll also find products highly influenced by science fiction, like the Moonwalker, billed as the world's fastest shoe, which claims to more than double your walking speed.
2: What we're really proud of is the onboard, gate AI system that allows us to detect and measure you know, hundreds of times a second that how people walk, you know, how fast they're walking, what's their intentions. We can detect people's intention to go faster or slower, even before people can tell themselves.
0: AI senses when to deliver motorized power to the shoe's wheels, creating something akin to being transported by a moving walkway.
2: And
1: with that, I'm wrapping up this edition of Global Business here on CDTN. Thanks for being with us. I'm Lulu in Beijing.